0: Welcome to Property Profiles. I'm your host, Hamish Bowman. I'm part of the Ray White Group and director of Ray White Projects. This podcast series is about diving deep into the lives of our guests to find out the highs and lows of their property journeys, what they've learned and what they wish they knew, you as a listener will learn what knowledge they have leveraged from their careers to create successful property profiles. Last week we had Lockie and Amy, really amazing story around them, their band, their businesses, their fitness, their goals, their charity work as well. This week we've got Philip De Bella From Rags to Riches, an amazing story around coming to Australia with his family and then building a multi-million dollar coffee empire, nationally and internationally. And what he's done with that and with his property portfolio, it's a great listen. Philip De Bella, thank you very much for joining us this morning. Thanks um, for having me. I know time's precious, but um, you do live in the area, so it's good to know that we can get you on your way to work. I think you've already had a had a couple of meetings and, and yep. four coffees before we kicked off at uh, nine o'clock this morning, and yep. I think you're going to something after. But welcome, and thanks very much.
1: No, thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure, especially you know supporting local business and reaching out to people. I love it, so um, I'm happy to help anytime.
0: And you're, um, you know. Um, you, you do like a podcast yourself. You've got your own podcast series, which I, yeah. which I do listen to. Short and sharp, punchy little inspos. Yeah. Well,
1: I don't. Know. Two things I say about it. I keep them under 10 minutes. One, I um, I don't want to bore myself. And two, I certainly don't want to bore the audience. Yeah. So I say, no one wants to listen to me longer than 10 minutes. My wife certainly doesn't. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I, I keep it. That was the inspiration for keeping it nice and short, which we call Flashcast by PDB. Yeah, yeah, nice.
0: And f- Flashcast, what's the. the Inspiration around the
1: flash. Well, cars. keeping it at ten minutes. I thought, oh, well, yeah. how do we get you know marketing? Obviously, been my background is mm-hmm. how do we tell a story so engaging people mm-hmm. want to listen. I thought instead of a podcast, let's go flashcast. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got ten minutes. Yeah, uh, and we're sending the downloads that you know it'll be downloaded, uh, it'll be listened to over two times. So it averages two and a half times per person that it gets listened to each episode. Okay. Um, I don't know if that's because I talk too quick yeah. uh, or because we try and jam in a lot of information in ten minutes. Yeah. But um, unscripted, we keep it light. I, I interview my kids in it when we're talking about COVID and yep. school, and um, I get different people coming in. We're running through series of questions but always build it from the outside in it's Mm -hmm. like anything i do it's always from the outside in it's trying to anticipate the audience needs uh, a consumer's needs a customer's needs and then how can we build something that actually meets that needs which Mm. keeps us relevant in the marketplace yeah
0: love it so obviously today um you're very well known um locally internationally from your your business um obviously today's we'll have a property thread about it and from from what i know and i don't know everything but you've obviously had a you know you've had you've had um residential properties you've had commercial properties sounds like you're retaining some properties which is which is great so for this wide audience some people want to know how you actually got on the bandwagon in the first place was it easy was it hard so maybe perhaps in a nutshell might be a good start Mm -hmm. phil just your first property might be be a good interesting one to start with and look i guess i think there's also from from real estate your marketing we're um we're marketers as much as we are real estate agents these days so the relevance to what you're skill set is, and I think what you say you're you're really good at, is so relevant to this quick chat this morning.
1: Yeah, great, so um, being a son of migrants, um, properties in your blood, right, especially Italians, Uh, and uh, it's a dream. In Italy, a lot of three and second generation people, they're living in the same household, to give a bit of background. Um, Because I always talk about environment, you know, nature and nurture makes up the person. So um, my parents migrated here with nothing. Dad jokes about it. It was um, my brother and sister were born in Italy. There was four of them, four people, two suitcases, four months on a boat. Uh, They got here. uh, Dad had a little bit of money, very, very small. Um, He went to work, uh, built a deposit, bought his first property. First property he bought is 78 Abbotsford Road, which I now own. Um, I own it um, now as a commercial property. But he bought a property... And the goal was to pay it off was as soon as possible. No, it was residential. Right. So he bought, bought it there and, he, and the whole goal was to pay it off as soon as possible. And um, I wasn't born there. He um, he paid that off. They then stayed there a bit. He moved and they moved and they bought a property at Turnbull which he paid for in full. Um, and we're going back now. This is circa before 75 because mm. then I was born in 1975 at Alicia Street Toonball. And I remember, you know, probably, I don't know, three years old, four years old, five years old, but, um, you know, we always had a great lifestyle. We, had, we were never rich. Dad earned $450 a week. Um, but because he, he, he didn't have a loan, the house was paid off. Everything was spent on the kids. How yeah. did
0: he pay that house off? In the first place.
1: Without two, jobs. Specific, yeah, two, two jobs. Yeah, two jobs. Two jobs. And as he says, my wife never had to work in Italy, but she went to work in Australia. So effectively three incomes, right. um, three children, uh, no brand new cars, no holidays. Uh, um, and to, to give you an idea, when he sold that house, I was in grade eight. He sold it for $72,000. So property, Toonball, in grade eight, so what, um, 82, 83, in 1983 sold it for 72. He went out to, which was a small, humble little house, he went out to a bigger brick house with five bedrooms out of Bracken Ridge, Mm -hmm. and he bought that for 83,000 and again, paid cash for it. But the property thing for him was always, and this is what got instilled into me, always own your home and have a roof over your head. Mm. Have a, you know, your home has to be a home, it has to be paid for, mm-hmm. um, it, it can't be on the line, if you need a loan on it, make sure it's an affordable loan. So the first thing that instilled to in me was, you know, you save your money. So when I was at uni, my dad did a deal, he said, I will pay for university fees. Um, as long as you go and work and you save every dollar that you make while you're at uni. And I did. So I bought my first property at 21. I had it paid off by the age of 26. Now, it was a humble $85,000 apartment at, mm-hmm. Gordon Bar- at Gordon Park. Mm-hmm. So $85,000, one-bedroom apartment, Gordon Park. Um, I had it for about five years, and when in, tw- in 2002... We able, just on that, we yeah. able to
0: save enough deposit. The reason why I'm sitting on this a lot of people at the moment with property prices just getting ten percent equity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's twenty percent were we able to or was it a gift? I was. From mum and I was able to surprise.
1: well see this is the thing in and it's why it's a good question. Mm. Um, you, you can't have everything yeah. And so I wasn't partying Every weekend I was studying I was working 30 hours a week And I was saving everything The deal was that If I didn't waste money And I saved it My dad I could, I lived at home yeah. So there I didn't have to pay rent So living at home Got rid of rent um, Living at home And I didn't have food expenses You know Saving my money And not partying Well so If I saved my money And didn't party with it Then dad would cover expenses yeah. So it was a compounding thing mm-hmm. So you know for the, the take home for the listeners Is Well you can't have it all You can't be living in a You know a two-bedroom apartment in New Farm, mm. um, going out every weekend, going out for dinners, and expecting to save money for mm. a deposit—it's not mm. going to happen. Mm. Um, so was, I was where able was the to. fun in
0: that period, though, Phil? Come oh, on. look, you're fun if, in everything. I mean, You were soccer? was soccer. Yeah, putting?
1: I was in soccer. I mean, I played soccer. Yeah. Um, I'd go out. I would. Well, the fun was you'd go out, but you wouldn't be drinking. Like yeah. you'd go out to a nightclub, you pay a ten-dollar cover charge, yeah. and you go and dance, or yeah. you, you know, you're talking to mates. Um, yeah. You know, you'd go to coffee shops like La Dolce Vita back yeah. then was was the in thing. You'd yeah. go and you'd have a couple of coffees. You know, you might spend ten dollars for the night and. The mm. Three cups of coffee mm. um, You know Versus now People go on a weekend It's a hundred dollar expense mm. And then if you back it up On a Saturday It's another hundred dollars mm. Now mm. um You can't have it all Is the message mm. uh, That I, I would take It's a great you know. message Yeah you, you can't party You can't save You can't but you've also got to understand environment. I mean, I was brought up in an era where you it was still the dream to own your own place, mm. you know, and I did that. And that mm. was my thing. I wanted to own my own place. Mm. Um, what I did that was a little bit abnormal was when in 2002 I sold my apartment to buy my commercial property, which was 82 Abbotsford Road. Mm. And I had to live out of it, you know. I had to, I had to put, set up a bedroom upstairs. You know, in 82 yeah. Abbotsford Road. And people said... You know, I sold one hundred and thirty-five thousand, so I turned eighty-five thousand to one hundred and thirty-five. Yeah. But with one hundred and thirty-five, I spent three hundred and thirty thousand. Yeah. Now back then, that was a lot of money Low and money. a big risk. Yeah. So two thousand two, three hundred and thirty thousand. If you look at that building now, that building alone is over two two and a half million dollars, mm. just mm. the one. Mm. Um. So different era, different times. Mm. Um. It was still growing times, the opportunity, and I think mm. a lot of people when they talk property don't put that in perspective. Mm. And you fast forward all the way to when I exited Debella, twenty seventeen. When I exited Debella, we had about twenty properties. Mm. Um, all part of the... Commercial, retail, all, yeah, all sorts of stuff, yeah. right? Um, that I kept, that I owned. I didn't sell the, the company. I sold... Mm-hmm. The, uh, you know, if you think about it as I sold the race car, but I kept the petrol, which mm-hmm. was the green beans, mm-hmm. um, and I kept the racetracks, which was the properties. Uh, but That's I also smart. saw Very a shift smart. in market. I mm-hmm. saw a shift in government and governance. Um, taxes. You got to remember what the taxes weren't they what they are? Mm-hmm. So the first thing we did when we sold to Bella in 2017, and I exited completely, is we got rid of all our interstate property. Um, you know, because of the land tax position. Mm. Uh, I could see the cliff coming with leasing, Mm. you know, that Mm. that the demand was going down. So we got out and we got out at the right time for the right price and kept all the manageable properties and liquidated properties that we didn't. And we were lucky because we we weren't highly geared. We weren't, well, because we'd sold the company for great money, we weren't geared at all. Um, So, and uh, the the second takeaway I want for the listeners is when it comes to, to me, life is measured in moments. It's not measured in possessions it's not what car you drive and I love nice cars um, but it's not what what you're wearing it's not what wine you're drinking it's not what restaurants you eat in the life is actually measured in moments so my motto has always been to have enough money to do what you want when Mm. you want so I see I measure people's quality of life as success Mm. so I see people that rent that have an amazing life and they're so happy Mm. Doesn't matter whether Mm. they they own a property or not. Mm. I see people that own several properties and are happy and I Mm. see people that own several properties are not happy. Mm -hmm. I see people drive Ferraris (laughs) and are totally unhappy. I see people drive, you know, Holden Commodores and have got the biggest smile on their face. Mm. So, you know, life is not measured in possessions. Mm. It's measured in moments. And finance, to me, money doesn't make success having enough money to do what you want when you want, treating it as a resource does. Mm-hmm. And property, to me, has always been that. it's It's been, I'm not going to buy a property unless there's growth in it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to buy a property unless there's a purpose in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to buy a property just to keep it. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's got to go, like New Zealand recently, yep. you know, we built one house of the year in Queenstown. Mm-hmm. Um, it was second in the world in the Teeter Awards. Um... You know, and we recently offloaded it. I um, we hadn't been yet. there for a year and a wow. half. Um, we had um, a really good offer from a gentleman that re- retired out of Sydney in one of the major banks um, and he made a good offer. Uh, and we said, you know, well... The good thing about my wife and I is we don't get emotionally attached to possessions. Mm. So, you know, it's we love that house. It's hard not to be emotionally attached to that Well, house. amazing house, yeah. you know, it's called Cascada. Listeners yeah. can YouTube it and you'll see yeah. it come up. Yeah. Cascada, which means it was the modern take on falling water, mm. Frank Lloyd writes. Yep. Um, so it's got a story. It's got a, it has got took us two years to design and build. Uh, we lived in it. Well, we used it and lived in it for three years. We loved it. But everything's got an expiry date, mm. um, and so with properties, we've never got emotionally attached to stuff. It's got to have a purpose, mm. uh, and if it has a purpose, and you then and it fits what you want and your values, and 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 bring it back to you. What is it that puts a smile on your face, mm. um, and that helps you be that? Life is measured in moments. With um, I mean, I, I keep thinking about people trying to get into the
0: market at the moment. I mean, you you both got friends and family that are trying to. What's your advice around people who, you know, let's say they aren't parting all the time and they've got a good job and mm. they're just really trying to make things work. Yeah. You know, it just seems that it's harder to get. Like if someone buys a a $700,000 house in Gordon Park, mm. that's the banks probably want 20%, that's yeah. 140 grand. For sure. Then the stamp duties on top of that, 200 grand, you know, which is a lot of money when you're renting and you're doing everything else and and wages probably don't seem to be, you know, running with everything else, is it the same philosophy? Um, you know, is it just get in there no matter what? Is it do you think the time has changed? I understand what you're saying from your parents. My parents own the house. Is do you think that's still? Yeah, no, I think it's changing. Time.
1: So my my thing that is the same is plan, plan, plan. Yep. Scenario map. You've always got, not just plan now. A lot of people just plan for today. You know, I'm making, you know, $100,000 a year now. They're planning on that. Plan for three years' time. Yeah. Are you still going to be able to make $100,000 a year in three years' time? Are you still going to make half a million, a million, whatever it is? Yes. Um. So scenario map and plan. Um. Times have changed uh, because less people are living at home. Mm. Yeah, you know, For whatever reason. They don't want to. Parents mm. are kicking them out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's changed as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what we're seeing is there's no doubt, uh, and I'm a data man. I like getting the data, analyzing it, mm-hmm. and I, through coffee, I've been able to travel the world. And recently, in um, setting up in New York, which I've now exited officially out of that business, um, we're going more to the US model. We're going more to the U- New York model, where you have a choice. You can't buy a house, you know. You won't buy a house in Gordon Park no. for seven hundred thousand now. <laughs> but do you, are you? If you still want to own a property, then and you've got seven hundred thousand, you've got to go further out. Mm. And my niece just recently went this and she's a, you know, a very good lawyer, earns good money, she's in her late 20s and she's like, Uncle Phil, do I buy a property a little bit out of the city and it's a nice property and it's my property or do I rent a great property at New Farm? Mm. And I said, try renting first. You don't have to guess. So she did. She lived in New Farm for, for two years. She rented a three-bedroom apartment mm-hmm. with another friend. It was a beautiful apartment down near where we live at Oxlade. Yes. Um, she got a taste of that and then she went, I think it's time to buy. So she went out to Clayfield and bought similar to what she could have bought in New Farm, mm-hmm. but for a lot less yep. at Clayfield. So that would be my advice, is, is that the times have changed, mm-hmm. the values are. And as you know, it's hard to buy on a rising market. Mm. First homeowner buys is hard right now. You know, what it suits people now is downsizes, yeah. Um, people that are upgrading, that have, you know, fortunate enough got a lot of equity, mm-hmm. that have bought a property for half a million, now it's worth one and a half, um, and they're still, they, they, they're not so much upgrading the house, but they're upgrading mm-hmm. the suburb. Yep. Or they're upgrading the house and downgrading the suburb. And that's probably the matrix, the mm-hmm. takeaway, yep. is this is not a time to upgrade your house and your suburb, mm-hmm. right it's the t- especially the first-time buyers. Mm-hmm. You've got to decide, do I want to live in a great area, but have a, a simpler property, mm-hmm. or do I want a great property in a less better area? Mm-hmm. Uh, because certainly with today's environment and ecosystem, um, you can't have both. No. Uh, especially as a first-hand buyer. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's very tough. Um, I thought, uh, I mean, in recent times, not. I do know a property transaction you had, which was a tough one hmm. locally. Like just some things aren't always great. Like you had the most amazing property. Oh, yeah. Where yeah, yeah. I just, I, mean, I wasn't intimately involved. But I was yeah. watching where there were a few dynamics where, you know, I'm just thinking about what you look at when you buy a property. Yeah. There was a vacant block next door. Yeah, yeah, Remember yeah. The, there was a block of flats who were be- built behind you and then you're in the best part of Brisbane real estate yeah. whereas you would think that this beautiful home would soar Yes. And it had its challenges. It did, yes. What did you learn from that experience? I learned lots. Mm. First
1: thing is don't buy another property until you sell your own. Uh, <laughs> because we bought, you know, we had lucky we had the money, right? Yeah. We owned both of them cash, right? Yeah. So it did, it, you know, and it, so it's all about your scenario. Yeah. And, and our scenario, and I always talk about worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. So our worst case scenario um, was okay. And in hindsight, I should have probably kept it another two years and I would have got, I would have got another one and a half million for <laughs> right. it, right? Um, <laughs> but it is what it is. Yeah. And see, I can live with that because yeah. I always say money's not li- no. it, money's not my go-to. Yeah. Enough money to do what I want when I want. So yeah. So selling it for one and a half less um, mm. doesn't matter, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that with arrogance. I'm saying everything's relative to yeah. what you value. But the lesson I learnt number one was don't buy, don't go into another property until you've sold yours, which mm-hmm. is something we did. Um, the second thing is, property is about is similar to art, and and it's actually it's actually a worse scenario. And I'll put it this way: I love analogies and stories. If I give you a canvas to paint, that's a four by four. The cost of the paint is the same. The cost of the canvas is the same. The time it takes will differ. But the thing that gets you the price is perception. So what might be worth $1,000 to someone else, they'll pay 100000 mm. Yet the paint's the same. The cost's the same. The time might even be the same. Mm. But it's the value that somebody sees. Now, funny enough, our property in Turner Avenue, very simple. We had a contract on, as you know, yep. out of your office yep. for 4.7. Yep. Um, and this is where I say luck is timing and opportunity. So there's lesson number three. Luck is all about timing and opportunity. Mm. Yes, luck exists. Now the timing and the opportunity, we had a good offer at 4.7, we had a contract on it and it was relying on the person getting the job secured. They had three quarters of the money in cash, the rest they had to borrow, they needed to secure the job. What happens? The employer changes the mind, Mm. the job doesn't come through, he can't finish, um, the banks won't give the money, falls through. We sell it a year later for 1.2 million less. Mm. Timing Mm. and opportunity. That was a case of bad luck, right? No, no one could have done anything different. It was just luck and opportunity, mm-hmm. right? And that luck and opportunity downgraded because then people thought, "Well, why did it fall over 4.7?" They didn't understand the why it fell over. Now he saw the buyer saw the value in 4.7. Mm. No one else saw the value until it got to I think we sold it 3.4. Mm. Now you look at it, the van, the land value alone on that property was 1.9 million. Mm. To build the 700 square meter house at 5,000 a square meter, meter. basic, yeah. the maths doesn't add up. It's below replacement value. Totally. Replacement's yeah. 5 million. Mm. So sometimes things just don't make sense. Mm. The only thing that makes sense is what is somebody prepared to pay for it? Mm. And the lesson I learned, all those lessons I learned is why we sold Queenstown. Is that somebody came along and gave us the highest price anyone's paid at Queenstown Hill for a property. It was double what it cost us to build. Mm. And learning what I learned at um, Turner Avenue, I went. I'm not going to be in this position again. Um, you don't know what the government's going to do in Queenstown at the moment. So the takeaway is work with the knowns and try and anticipate the unknowns. Great. There's lovely. no land tax, there's no stamp duty and there's no capital gains in New Zealand. As we walked in,
0: for you and I were just talking the market, which I get asked daily, probably hourly, what's happening with the markets. It's it's, it's, it's hot at the moment, as we know. Um, you and I are probably aged enough to see have seen a dot-com yes. fall, a GFC fall, Lots of um, sort of the other ends of a boom market. Yes. Um, my personal view is that I can see us stabilizing for sure. I think that Brisbane has got a lot of good things going on here. You know, mm. Migration with COVID, unfortunately, migration, yeah. people coming up 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 this way. A lot of good infrastructure projects. So, but you know, it can't. We know that it can't. What's your own view at the moment? On yeah, it?
1: I think we've got so much going for us. We'll continue to grow, just not at the rate that it is. Yeah. Um, and I use New Farm as an example, right? And again, I'm a data person with the an- analysis. Mm-hmm. I know someone personally right now, and you do too, but we won't mention their names, um, who's cashed up and looking at every property, ar- two-bedroom property apartments in New Farm. And he doesn't care if they're broken down or they're not because he relates it to Sydney. Mm-hmm. And he says the same thing in Sydney is three times the price. Yep. Now, Brisbane will never be Sydney in prices, but it won't be a third of the price. Mm. So fast forward in 10 years, you know, a 550 broken down one bedroom apartment in New Farm, which a lot of people would say is expensive, even mm. I would say it's mm. expensive. Mm. If you had to replace that in Sydney, it's three times the price. Yeah. So somebody with the long vision and cashed up is going to go, I'm going to buy five of those, yeah. I'll buy 10 of those. So using that
0: as an example. That's really smart, Phil, because I've always thought the dynamic is you can buy two Brisbane widgets for the one price of a Sydney. Yes. If it's getting to three, there's a... There's There's a a big market. You've got to
1: remember, Sydney's gone up just as much as Brisbane. Now, if it keeps... They're all going to stabilise, but Brisbane's got a lot more going for Mm. it, meaning there's already a big gap, so I think that Brisbane will continue to grow because of migration. Mm. We've got an amazing council, right, and people don't realise until you do business across the country how amazing the council is, and Mm. not because of who's in government, but that it's one council for all of Brisbane. In Sydney, it's multiple councils yep. over different suburbs. Melbourne's the same. So you get different things. You'll go into one area and it's beautiful and green and lush and money being spent, and another area, another area looks like it's dying, mm. yet it's inner city. Yep. Brisbane, the, it's it's fluid. It doesn't matter where you are in Brisbane, mm. the areas are getting upgraded, footpaths are getting fixed, roads mm. are getting done, parks are getting built. So Brisbane's got a Very lot going point. for it. Yeah. Um, so you will see continual growth in that. But yeah, sure, well, it's not going to grow at 20%. No. It's not going to no. grow at 25%. It can't, no. right? Because otherwise wage we have wage inflation. Um, and wage inflation therefore means that if cycle goes around. A mm. cup of coffee will become $8, you know, then wages will go up even more and then another coffee will go to $10. You can't. You've got to have that managed inflation rate. So there still is going to be growth. But it's going to be spread over, and I think people that have got the money and are looking long term, but bring it back to their portfolio. Because someone like me, I'm carrying more cash than I ever had.
0: I was going to say, from just the information you give me in these twenty odd minutes, you know, you've exited New Zealand, you've exited New York, you're exiting several. You've exited the big business. It looks like to me the more you are reading the market yeah, very I, well, and I'm
1: coming back to my values. Have enough money to do what I want when I want. I've still got a 13 year old um, daughter, 11 year old boy. A lot of expenses ahead. their mm-hmm. schooling alone's a hundred grand a year. Mm-hmm. When you add the, all the extracurricular and everything, you know, which means that's two hundred thousand you got to make because it's mm-hmm. forty nine cents in the mm-hmm. dollar. You know, it, your holidays and all the rest. We're actually saving money in COVID because mm-hmm. you know overseas holidays two hundred grand a year for mm-hmm. us. That's four hundred thousand you got to make to to be able to afford. And people forget that. Yeah, a dollar's not a dollar. You know, to make to spend. A dollar you. in most cases, well, you know, depending on the wage bracket, you've got to make two dollars. Mm. So, people really got to, they're not analytical enough, they don't sit down and analyze things. Mm. And property is a great way to start that. Why has someone, like, look at Turner Avenue, mm. why did someone only see value in 3.4 when the replacement value alone on the build is three and a half million? So, they got it's the land 5 for nothing. Plus. Yeah, every day of the week. Now, if yep. you hold it into COVID, if he, the buyer mm. and I, the reason I sold it to the buyer is he could only he could he. The only reason he could afford that is because the bank value was was circa four mil. Yeah, he could only afford to buy. Mm. So to give an idea to the listeners, we sold the property at you do the math seven hundred square meters at three point four, right? Mm. So we sold it at what's that four thousand a square meter? You know, call it just under yep. five thousand yep. a square meter. They're getting eleven thousand a square meters of cutters Landing mm. but it's the price bracket mm. that's different. Mm. It's the price bracket, it which is. brings it back to the affordability yep. um, and the risk. Mm. And I luckily get to meet some really cool people in all different walks of life. Um, and those, um, some of them that I've talked to come out of banks, believe it or not, and they'll tell you the banks are carrying more cash than ever before. Mm. because, And that tells me lo- no confidence in the marketplace. Mm. Yep. Um, and you'll see, what you're seeing now is, you know, you're the expert in property. You're seeing it's a perfect store. You've got the downgraders that are going out of the bigger properties and going into the apartment, so they're paying more for the apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, You've got the people that have been sitting on cash for a while going, let's spend. The banks are only giving 0.7%. So people are going, I want more income. Mm. Well, I don't care. I'll take 3 or 4% in property. So that's lifting. So there's a perfect storm and the perfect storm is going to blow over at some stage. It but it's not doom and gloom. Mm. It's the person who can anticipate the market, anticipate mm-hmm. what's next, but remembers that they don't budget for now, budget for the next three mm-hmm. years. Um, and that's a, that's a key takeaway is budget for the next three years. Love it very
0: good takeaway Phil look we've
1: only a little bit more time left i really i think we probably I'd
0: love to have another session with you because i want Anytime. your your fitness what you do around that and what you've done mm. from where you're at mm. the family and all that's amazing but we've just we generally wrap with a couple of just a couple of rapid fire yeah, questions for, for you which you probably haven't read the email last night, so um, no, I haven't. A couple of quick and um, if you and Gianna were to buy your favourite drinks
1: at a bar somewhere, if you went to, to Queenstown. Yeah, what would you have and what would she have? She'd have a Pinot Noir, especially out of um, Queenstown. Oh yes, um, local amazing Pinots. Um, and I'm excited because my wine cellar's due back in the next couple of weeks from New Zealand. Um, and I would have depending on what mood I am. Oh. I'm one of these guys. That depends on you know and what mood. So it could be a Negroni. Um, I never start with a wine. Yep. Um, it could be a Scotch. Uh, or it could be a signature cocktail. Yeah. Um. So that that is go to. So with me, it's it's different. It's a great like question because she'll be she's stable. It's either a gin and tonic. Yeah. Um. But most likely she'll go straight to a pino. Mm-hmm.
0: Like it. I like the moods too. I'm a little bit like that. Mm-hmm. I can go a beer or a, or a Pinot. Um. Long haul flight. You're on the way to the UK. Not your wife. Someone else. Who would you think would be great to sit next to and have a chat? You have a long haul.
1: Um. Richard Branson. Hmm. Yeah. Very topical because, at the moment. Well, well, because I've met Richard Branson um, and I got to spend... I stayed a, a week at Necker Island, wow. um, Jana and I, and that was great. And we spent um, actually got to spend about four hours just one-on-one with Richard at, at the bar. Um, and so a long-haul flight. Um, what we spoke about in four hours, in my wife, she goes, you both gave me a headache. <laughs> um, I'm asking him questions, he's yeah. asking me questions. And it's gone backwards and forwards because we're both question-askers. And that four hours went like nothing. Um, so a long haul flight with Richard Branson Would be really cool Because he I talk about personal professional family As mm. you know through the flashcast mm. He lives his life Personal professional family mm. It's not all business It's not all family And it's not all personal
0: And it's amazing they, they did a flashback 20, 30 years A little kid asking him in a classroom Do you think you could ever Fly to space and back And then this week he's just He's done it yeah. He's, done it. Like he's he, a long term thinker He's a visionary yeah. He's a long term thinker Yeah um, Your favourite movie
1: I love Rocky um, yeah. You know Forget the cliches <laughs> yeah. But there's a message In each Rocky You know um, Even that What I love more about Rocky Is how it started yeah. That Sylvester Stallone Could have sold the script mm-hmm. um, really? And he didn't He sold the script Yeah it's an interesting story You've got to have a look at it He sold his dog at one stage Because he couldn't afford To live on the street He wrote this script Anyway he sold the He, he sold the script On the basis That he would be in the movie and, um, and they said, no, we want to buy the script. We don't want you. Um, anyway, he gave it, he ended up giving the script to a person who agreed to put him in the movie. And when he got his first paycheck, he went and bought the dog back from the person that he had to sell it. Um, so the, and, and I come back and I say, yeah. even with me, I'm a son of migrants. I was in there in this function this morning, washing dishes, making coffees. And the 70 people, then I got up and spoke. I didn't sit down and have breakfast with them because I wanted to make sure that we got everything out in time. And the comic came back and said, you know you're the leading guy in your industry and you're there washing dishes and all that. What does that mean? And I said, ask my team what it means, mm. right? It means you're that we're in this teamed. together. Yeah. It, we are, we're Everyone in this I together. Speak to. yep. And you're they see, teamed. well, they see the, the what's above the iceberg, mm. but they don't see what's below it. Mm. And like the Rockies are a great, I- mm. great example. You see the messages in the Rocky movie, tenacious, fighting, resilience is the key one. Mm. Humbleness is another one. But what about the story about mm. Sylvester Stallone? There's another story behind, underneath the iceberg that is real worth exploring. I can't help myself, Philip.
0: There's a long black in front of you there. Mm. Uh, we won't say where it's come from, but just tell us what are you? What w- would you need to see and taste to make a, a good long something? Black. I don't if need someone to put has, sugar a, has a long black. Yeah,
1: so something that obviously when the long black comes to the table, it's um, you got to have a crema on top of it, which is the <laughs> yeah. oil, yeah. which is actually the body of the coffee. Tells you how deep the coffee is. Yeah. Um, if you need to put sugar in it now, pr- need to put sugar because you prefer it is okay. Need to put sugar to sweeten it, then the coffee hasn't isn't right. Um, and I look for a balance. I like for a fullness over the palate. So if you sip the coffee and it hits you at the front, it's bitterness. If it hits you on the sides, it's acidic. Mm. What you're looking for is a balanced taste over the palate. And if you have to pick up a glass of water and drink the water after your coffee, then it's not a good coffee. Right. Um, so in Italy, um, funny enough, um, the Australians have picked up the model here and go, oh, we serve a black coffee with water. Um, they drink the coffee, then the water, yeah. and the Italians laugh. In Italy, they give you a water and the coffee because the water cleans your palate, then you drink your coffee, so you've got a lasting oh. coffee flavour in your mouth. I'll fall for that then. There you
0: go. <laughs> um, last supper meal. I don't
1: know you, you do like it. I was thinking of this the other day, which is interesting. Um, and and I can't remember where it was, but I was listening to a podcast and it talked about this, you know, where your last supper meal. And they said that one guy refused to eat and he goes, what's the purpose? I'm <laughs> going to be dead in two hours. And you know what? Yeah. And it got me thinking. So it's, isn't it funny? I've never That's been asked that right. question. Yeah. So the way I'd answer it is, yeah, I'm because yeah. like, I, I, I resonated with that. I went, yeah. I'm a pragmatist. Yeah. I'm like, I'm gonna be dead in two hours. So who gives a shit? Yeah, you know, give it to me, Past. and if I like it, I will eat it. <laughs> if I don't, I don't. I'm yeah. dead in two hours. It doesn't matter. Um, so yeah, great song. question because yeah. it, it's really, that was only a couple of weeks ago that yeah. I was um, that that came up. Um, podcasts, what? what do you listen to there's
0: obviously some good ones out there oh
1: look locally i love mm. glenn azar's um, building better humans okay um yeah really really good i've been on his show a couple of times um you know his daughter was the first the youngest girl to climb um everest ever she's an australian local girl we we supported her and sponsored her through it i'm doing some work with glenn now um you know as in supporting him he's doing some amazing stuff around um young children mm-hmm. um and camps um he's got an amazing podcast building better humans um and i like tim ferris but I only like when you listen to probably about 20 of them and mm. then they become boring because mm. it's the same questions over and over and mm. over. Um, so, whilst, um, and that's my personal view, mm-hmm. he's one of the number one guys in the yeah. world in podcasts, but I love change. I love mm. things. I don't like any one speech being the same mm. three times over. Mm. Um, so, he changed it. Uh, it'd be good if he changed things around, but I do like he was the one that pioneered, you know, the question asking and getting people in and all the rest of it. Yeah.
0: Cool. Um, last question What are you most grateful for right now?
1: My health. Yeah. My health Because um, A lot of people say family Which I'm grateful for Just going back
0: on the health Yes Because you, you picked it At what point did you And I think I've seen on your socials There's a photo I think On the back of a boat Somewhere yep. where you You, you yep. say This is me at my worst Physical yes. specimen Yep and then you fast forward and you've had a boxing match recently with a, mm. a pro boxer and, and um, you can you know, hold your head up high. So yeah. what was, was there a turning point with that? Yeah, it was.
1: When I went to my doctor and he said, you're the fittest fat fuck I know. So, um, <laughs> you know and, 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 it, and it sounds vulgar, but it's his yeah. exact words. When your doctor yeah. says that to you, yeah. you go, holy shit. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, again, I'm a data analysis person, and he said, I'll give you the analysis, mate. Most people get warning signs, yeah. um, and then they do something about it. You won't get a warning sign, you just won't wake up. He goes, you know, you're 40 years old, I was 42 at the time. He goes, you're 40 odd years old. Mm. He goes, you've got no diabetes, you've got no cholesterol, mm. you've got a resting heartbeat of 60 beats a minute, you can box, you can do all sorts of shit, but you're 167 kilos and you're obese. Mm. Um, you're just not going to wake up one day, your mm. body will give up. And it was like, well, I don't want it to give up. Not for me. i got kids, I've got a wife. Um, you know, what's the use of all this, you know, the sacrifices in a good mm. way that we've made? Um, and so... And I thought, no one can do the work. And that's where I started uh, following Dr. Joe Dispenza. And he talks about get in the river, Mm. you know. And I was one of these people, as many people do, but I've been there so I can say, we just keep making excuses. Mm. Whether it's not having the right house, the right car, earning enough money, we don't like our jobs, we don't like ourselves, our weight. We just make excuses. Mm. And I was one of those people, just Mm. making excuses. And I said, I've got to do the work, I've got to get in the river. So what I did was I tackled it, no different to how I tackle business. I said... What is the problem I'm going to solve? And my problem was that I just thought it was okay. I didn't eat breakfast, and eat lunch, and then I'd eat dinner. Mm. Now I eat more than what I've ever eaten. Mm. But I eat breakfast, I eat lunch, mm. I eat dinner. So I had to change my pattern. Mm. So then I, had to t- I said, what resources have I got, got to put around me to do this? And the resource for me was to go and have an operation mm. to you know, cut down the size of my stomach... Mm. Now people, oh, that's easy, that's why. No, 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 no. I can assure you it's one of the hardest things you'll ever do. Mm. You have to retrain the way you eat. You have Mm. to retrain what you do. Mm. And if you still fill your stomach with crap, you'll put on weight. Mm. That worked for me. It might not work for anybody else. Mm. So what I say to people is, number one, you've got to switch on and get in the river and do the work. And two, use the resources around you that you need because what works for me won't work for somebody else. And nobody, if you're trying to convince somebody that they need to lose weight, show them you care and love them But understand that until they're prepared to get in the river, they won't do the work. And I was that person. I had people that loved me. I had people that told me. I had people that would come and pick me up and take me to the gym. But that wasn't the problem. I went to the gym. Mm. I was still trained. I had Mm. a fight at 167 kilos. Mm. That wasn't the problem. So until I address the real core of the problem with a real pragmatic point of view, you've got to do the work. So the one thing I value now is health. And I'll probably finish on this for you, Hamish. I talk about personal, professional, family. You can't have it all. 24 hours in a day, you can't put eight hours a day into your personal life, eight hours into family life, eight hours into work. So you need to prioritise. You put have to put a one, two and three. Mm. When I started Debella Coffee, it was all about business. It was a priority one. I was a priority two, family was three, we didn't have kids. Then as it grew, my wife wanted to have kids, so business was one, family was two, I was three. And as I put myself three mm. for ten years, I put on weight. Mm. When I exited, I vowed that me would become number one to lose the weight, family number two, business three. And it's still the same now. I've started a new business called The Coffee Commune. It's me first, I get up, I go to the gym. It's family, I take all school holidays off, then it's work. And of course, I've got the luxury to do that because of the resources. But I haven't changed, I've changed my priorities Mm -hmm. at the time that I've needed. Because if you've got a sick family member, family's going to be first. Mm. If you've, you know, you can't put yourself first if you've got a sick family member. And I've got a lot of colleagues, unfortunately, that I've seen... Try to have it all and either their business blows up, their marriage blows up or their health blows Mm. up. So my message there to people is get a piece of paper and a pen, write down personal professional family, write down what it is you need to achieve and want to do and what's going on in your life, then prioritise it and try and get work-life harmony, not work-life balance. Such a great message.
0: Philip, thank you very much for your time today. So many special stories within such a condensed time frame: Marketing, family, fitness, property, what to do, markets – There's a lot there. Thank you very
1: much. Thanks for having me. Pleasure.
0: Wow, that was an amazing story. So motivating over so many different layers of of life. If you love what you're hearing, please follow us on Spotify or leave us a review on Apple. Thanks again. We'll see you next episode.